Anyway, good morning. Love you guys so much. Excited about the word this morning. And um, many of us just got off a time of prayer and fasting together. Did anybody enjoy that time together? Seeking Jesus, making one person was excited about the fast. Praise God. It was awesome. It was super hard, but so fruitful. And um, we jumped in in different ways. Everybody sought the Lord and um, asked what, what type of fast they should participate in. And um, so most of us, I think, were off social media. And I've already talked to several people that are like, I'm staying off. Like, it was just cleared my head. I could just think more clearly. Less stuff coming at me. And, uh, and so... I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I think Connor's been off social media for, what, a year and a half? Wow. You're so holy. <laughs> it's awesome, man. It, it does a wonder. And then Friday night, we did an um, encounter night at the, at the uh, offices at HQ, and it was, it was holy, was it not? Woo! Woo man. It was, it was powerful. And uh, we worshiped for two, two and a half hours and had prophetic ministry happening. And it was, it was really, really fun. And, um, and so we look forward to doing more of those in the future. Hey, grab a Bible if you could. There's one under your seat or you can use your phone. We'll mostly be in the New Living Translation today. And grab something to write on if you would. I believe God's going to speak to you through his word this morning. Amen. And uh, if you could... Um, if God is speaking to you, let me know. Give me, a, give me an amen or a come on or preach that. I just need to know if you're with me. Can y'all do that? We're not going to be a quiet little church. All right? Lean in this morning. Um, we've been in this series called Making Space. And um, I say we've been in it. This is actually week two. Um, and we're walking through our priorities as a church or our values, and Lena talked about them, but it's presence, transformation, mission. And, um, and so each week we're talking about how to make space for those things. So last week we talked about making space for God's presence. Today we're talking about making space for transformation in our lives. And next week you, get, you guys get to hear from Lena herself. Uh, she'll be bringing the word, talking about mission, how to make space for being a people of mission. And, uh, and the whole point is this, as we were praying about 2022, which is crazy that the year is now 2022, um, and just seeking God of, Lord, what do you have in store for this season? What do you have in store for this church? Um, and just really feeling like he, he's just pounding this idea that if we'll make a little bit of space for him, he can do so much with it. If we'll just make a little bit of space for God, he can do so much with it. If you've been making this much space for God, what happens when you make this much space for God? What can he do? He's the God of exponentially more. He's the God of multiplication. And um, it really is crazy. I know for me, just looking back over my life, it really is wild what, what God can do in us and through us as we just make space for him in our lives. When I look back over the last 15 years of my life of of really following Jesus for real, it, it's just crazy to look at where I was and where he's brought me to. The addictions he set me free from, the, the way he's healed me of so much anxiety, the way I actually have security in my heart now about who I am and who he's made me to be, whereas before I was riddled by insecurity. Just to look at what he's done, it hasn't, it, it hasn't happened on accident. 
I've absolutely made space for him in my life to do that, yet it, it hasn't really been complicated either. And it's crazy what he can do with a little bit of space in our lives. Amen? Last week, talking about making space for God's presence, we, we looked at this thing that Jesus said in Matthew 5. He said, blessed are you when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be, say it, filled. Filled. See, the issue isn't how much does God want to give us of himself. The, the issue is how empty will we get of other things so that we have space for him to come and fill us. We get as much of God as we want. We get as much of God as we're willing to make room for him for. That's the message of the gospel. If we want more of his peace, then we, we learn to walk free from anxiety. If we want more of his joy, then we, we, we deal with the hopelessness and the, and the despair. I, I, I know that in, in my fast this week, as I sought the Lord in fasting, it, it was just crazy how, how just putting food aside at different meals and, and putting uh, social media and, and all types of media aside, just, just how much more aware of him I was. It wasn't, it wasn't like angels were appearing in my room and God's finger was writing on the wall, but it was just like I just had this awareness of like God with me more. And that changes everything. When we just become more aware of his presence, it's what we were made for. Amen. And when it comes to our spiritual life, um, and we're all spiritual people, I don't know if you realize that. And I, I trust that since you're here this morning that you're interested in growing your spiritual life. You know, it all starts with an encounter with his presence. This whole thing, it, it starts with God coming to us right where we are at. And that's, that's what you th see throughout the whole Bible. God coming to people and meeting them right where they're at. Think about Moses, right? He's in the wilderness. He's shepherding some sheep, and God appears to him in this burning bush, this bush that is on fire but is not being consumed, and he speaks to Moses through this bush. You, you think about the prophet Isaiah. He had this vision of the throne room, and this, this seraphim, which is this crazy creature, comes to him with this coal and touches his lips and it changed Isaiah for the rest of his life. You think about Peter and his brother Andrew. Jesus came to them. They saw Jesus coming to them. There is something different about this man coming to them. He comes to them and says, leave your nets and follow me. And boom, they're changed for the rest of their lives. An encounter with Jesus. Think about Paul on the road to Damascus. An encounter with Jesus. He was blinded for several days by this encounter with Jesus. It's an encounter with his presence. And for us, on this side of the cross and this new covenant that we get to enjoy together, this starts at something that we call salvation. And salvation is just a, a, a fancy church word for uh, saved from our sin. We are saved from our sin. And, 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 and so our encounter with God starts once we understand the simplicity of the gospel we make a decision to receive it, to receive the gift of salvation by faith, and we make Jesus the Lord of our life. I'm not the Lord of my life anymore. Jesus is the Lord of my life. And then we, we cement that decision by getting dunked in some water and water baptism. Quick plug, 
for getting baptized. If you haven't been baptized, it's a good time to get baptized. And, 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 and I don't think when you get sprinkled as a baby, I don't know if that counts, all right? When I look at the Bible, it comes after you make a decision as an adult person to follow Jesus for yourself, and then you get immediately baptized. That's the New Testament. And so if you want to get baptized, talk to your house church, and we can make that happen. But it's a powerful moment of putting a stake in the ground of this is, an, I am a new person. This is who I am. So salvation is our starting point, praise Jesus. Once we are saved, saved from our sin, we're, we're saved from eternal death, brought into the kingdom of light and have an eternal home in heaven. Once that moment happens, we begin this journey called transformation. This journey called transformation. I've heard it said that salvation is not a destination, but it's an invitation. So it, 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 it's not like you get saved and that's it and you just hang on till you get to heaven. It's, a, it's an invitation into a lifelong journey and, and we're calling it transformation. You could also call it sanctification. But it's, it's after you're saved, you begin this journey and that's what I want to talk about because it's a beautiful thing that we get to come as we are but we don't have to stay as we came. Come on somebody. I get to come as I am. I came to Jesus as an addicted, hopeless, insecure, fearful individual, and he met me right there. And he began to transform me from the inside out, not because I earned it, not because I did anything to deserve it, just because that's how good he is. And he's begun to transform me. So we want to look at how do we make space to become transformed. We don't have to stay as we can. We don't want to stay. Maybe you do. I don't want to stay in my sin. I don't like struggling. I don't like being insecure. I don't like being addicted. I don't like being depressed. Anybody with me? I want to be transformed, and we're going to talk about that. Will you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, page 931, if you're using the church Bible. Say word when you're there. Quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Chris Miles, why don't you read that for us, bro? Shout it out. 16 through 18. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. So Paul's writing to this church in Corinth and helping them to understand this new covenant reality. What actually happens when we are saved. And he's talking about the veil is, is taken away in verse 16. You see that? The veil is taken away. It's talking about salvation. It's this moment where we are, we are made right with God. We become righteous. That just means we're made right before God, because our, our sin is done away with. And, um, and what happens is now we're in this veil-free reality. 
So now we have full access to the Father. See, in the old covenant, before Jesus came and lived and died and, and rose from the dead, they, they couldn't access God like we could now. They had to go through the priests. They had a whole system that, jumping through hoops of sacrificing different types of animals for different types of sin. And the priest could go into the Holy of Holies once a year. And, the, and, and that, that situation was so holy that the priest would tie a rope around their waist so that if they had any sin in them and they happened to drop dead right there in the presence of God, everyone could drag that sucker out of the Holy of Holies. That's what we're talking about. And, and I, I read that the veil... It was 30 feet tall, 60 feet wide. It was at least a couple inches thick. It probably took hundreds of priests to move this veil. And that veil was torn from top to bottom the moment Jesus breathed his last breath. And it was never stitched back up. It was never mended. That, that veil is no longer there. That veil has been torn. Amen. We, we now live in a veil-free reality because of what Jesus did for us. We have full access to the Father. And Paul, is, he explicitly says that the Spirit is the Lord. The Lord is the Spirit, helping them understand the Holy Spirit is not lesser than Jesus. The Spirit is the Lord. And he's helping us understand that now in this new reality, in this veil-free reality where we have access to the Holy Spirit, there's things that come with that, and one of them is called freedom. Freedom, a key indicator of God's presence in our lives is freedom. Because where he is, there is freedom. And Paul's making it explicitly clear, this freedom is not a one-stop shop. It's supposed to become into our lives a reality more and more and more until we are changed into his glorious image. That's what it says. I love how Eugene Peterson said in the message, our lives gradually are becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. We gradually become brighter and more beautiful. That's the journey we've been invited onto. That's the, the natural uh, direction that Christians are supposed to be moving in because that's what he's offering us. Amen, everybody. So essentially, we get to become like Jesus. We get to become like Jesus. Think about this. Jesus, who was tempted in every way that we are tempted, Jesus, who experienced so much pain, Jesus, who experienced so much betrayal, yet Jesus remained sinless, yet Jesus stayed close to people who hurt him. Jesus, he was considered the most joyful person who ever lived by those who walked with him. And we are invited to become like Jesus. Let's take another look at the Passion Translation. It's going to be on the screen. This is verse 18. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another 
And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So, so the translation here is using this image of a mirror. That we are to become so transformed that we actually are, are, we reflect the person of Jesus. As if someone was looking at Jesus themselves. That's what we are supposed to begin to look like. That's the invitation. They, they, they translated it transfigured instead of transformed. That's the same word in Matthew 17 where Jesus was, was transfigured. And a few of the disciples are watching on. And it says that his, his face shone like the sun and his clothes were as white as light. And it's the same invitation for us that we begin to move towards that. Wow. This is amazing. For so many of us, it's just not our experience, right? We get saved and then we get stuck. <laughs> I've been stuck. Even as a Christian, I've I've been stuck. And and we we keep struggling with those same patterns, those same tendencies, those same addictions, whatever broken relationship we had pre-Jesus, we, we just try to bring that into our life with Jesus. Whatever hidden places we had before Jesus, we try to keep that hidden with Jesus. First thing I want you to know this morning is that the first step to experiencing transformation in your life is understanding that he wants to transform you if you'll let him. He won't force this upon you. If you want to find Jesus, get saved, and then stay the same the rest of your life, and then experience that once you're standing in heaven, that's great. That's an option. He won't love you any less. He won't be any less faithful to you. But if you'll let him, if you'll open yourself up to all that he wants to do, he will transform you. And isn't this just the kind, this whole thing is just the kindness of God. There's no other religion that offers you to be transformed. There's religions that offer you some sort of paradise promise once you die, but there's no other religion that gets anywhere close to God coming inside of you and transforming you from the inside out so that you can begin to look like God. The kindness of God to offer this to us, to make this available to us. And hear me, look, it's not that we're not gonna struggle. This side of heaven, we will struggle. We're going we gonna to hang out on the struggle bus from time to time, and that's just the way it's going to be. Paul said in Philippians that the good work that God started will be continued until it's complete. So this is a journey. And Paul used the language about being baby Christians who drink milk. So when we're baby Christians, we're going to struggle more than we're supposed to struggle as we grow up and mature. But it's not our portion to stay stuck. Amen? It's not our portion to stay addicted or to stay sick or to, 
to stay depressed or to stay lonely. It's, it's just he paid way too high a price for us to stay where we are at. And the second thing I want you to know is that this happens as you make space for him to do it. It's all very simple. It's not complicated. The gospel simplifies everything. But it does require some effort. It does require some making space for God to come and do this in your life. And I want to give you three things, and I want you to write these down. Three ways that transformation happens in us as we make intentional space for God. Are you ready? Transformation happens in the moments and the mundane. Transformation happens in the moments and the mundane. What am I talking about? I'm talking about moments in God's presence, and I'm talking about the mundane in God's presence. There's those moments of encounter. I mentioned some earlier in the scripture with Moses and Isaiah and Paul. There's moments where we can experience God's tangible, manifest presence, and he can do so much in those moments. And I can remember being in college and being at, at World Mandate, our missions conference, and, and being on our college uh, ministry spring break trip and, be, and having moments with the Lord where it felt like I was experiencing him in such a real way that I couldn't help but just be face down on the ground weeping. And, and that didn't happen because I'm some holy spiritual person. It just happened because I was in an environment and I wanted him and he came and met me there. And that's why we're going to start doing things like encounter nights and why it's important to be here on Sundays. Because if, if we put ourselves in places where God is and there's people there who really want God, he comes there and he meets with us and he wants to mark us and he can do so much in those moments. When I was a senior in high school, I was at a youth summer camp, and God met me there and set me free from, from sexual sin. And I haven't looked at pornography in 15 years because of a moment with God where he broke a chain off my life. That can only happen in God's presence. From there, it's, it's, it's the mundane. It's the daily moments with God. It's, it's waking up a little bit early because I need God's presence. And so I'm going to make space for prayer and reading the Bible and worshiping him. You don't need much. Look, I'm not saying you need to get on your knees for two hours. I'm saying 10, 15 minutes to get before the Lord. Let his word come and change you. To pray and ask him to move in your life and move in others' lives. You will, be, you will look back over the years and see how he will use that mundane time to transform you. Look at what Paul said in Romans 12. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Don't copy the behavior of the world, but let God, God's the one doing it as we make space for him. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. This is why we need time with him each day, whether that's in the morning or at night or at lunch. We need intentional time with the Lord because he needs to come and rewire us 
He needs to come and teach us new ways to think. We all have stinking thinking more than we realize. And, and, and what happens is we need him to come and change us. So much of who we are, catch this, so much of who we are becoming happens through understanding who we already are, okay? So much of who you want to become as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, happens as you begin to see through his word who he's already made you to be the moment you received him. But that doesn't happen without making space for it. You have to begin to get this word inside of you. You have to begin to make space in prayer for the Holy Spirit to show you lies and places of doubt and places of unbelief that are happening as you're going through your days. When we read the Bible, it's, it, it's not as much as we read the Bible as it reads us. And it starts to show us, right, the broken places and the, 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 the deceived places and the places of bondage. So it happens in the moments and the mundane. Secondly, transformation happens as we live life with his people. Transformation happens as we live life with God's people. See, we've kind of jacked church up a little bit from, from, from where it was a couple thousand years ago. It wasn't Sunday. It wasn't sit your butt in a seat on Sundays. It was life on life. The, the word church is actually the word ecclesia, which is these small groups of people who are advancing the kingdom together. It was never designed to be in, in big cathedrals. Actually, when, 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 when Christianity became the legal religion in Rome, that's when it began to sputter out because it moved into these big cathedrals and these big buildings, and it wasn't the life on life that it was made to be. And so we need God's people. Sunday is great. I love being with you guys. It's, we need this. This environment is so helpful to learn the word, to worship God together, to connect with our extended family. But, but church is supposed to be life on life. If you've never had a few people in your corner who you're doing life with, who, who know you, who know the good, the bad, and the ugly, who are asking you the tough questions, who are asking you the intentional questions, um, we cannot grow in transformation apart from the body. You know, it's like my son, Banner. He's, he's one and a half, and this is kind of a gruesome analogy, I'm sorry. If I were to detach Banner's arm from him and put it in a box and leave it there for 10 years, see, that arm is supposed to grow strong. That arm is supposed to grow big. That, I mean, look at, look at his dad's arms, right? I mean, <laughs> come on, y'all. You're not supposed to laugh. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for speaking life. See, this is it. Life on life. Thank you for building me up. See, we, the same way that a body part cannot grow separated from the larger body, we cannot grow. We just cannot grow apart from the body. And that's, that doesn't mean you're a member at a church that you go to on Sundays. That's, that's a great start, but it just ain't going to cut it. And this is not me trying to manipulate you to come to other things. I promise. We good. We, we got plenty of people. This is for you. 
And I've seen it time and time again. People are genuinely hungry for God. But, but when we get disconnected and isolated, we get stuck. And, and we are alone and the enemy can begin to pick us off and feed us lies and distract us. And none of, none of us are beyond this. Look at what Paul said in Romans 1. I love this. I think it's a message translation. Now, this means that when we come together and are side by side, something wonderful will be released. We can expect to be co-encouraged and co-comforted by each other's faith. And that's, what's ha- that's what happens when we come together. So I want to give you four words. Four words. These are, these are four things that will change your life if you will do them in the context of the body of Christ. And I should have changed the order so we could have an acronym, but Connor made a good point that if you do these four things, you will not be cray-cray. It's good. That needs a book. Confession. Confession is when I turn on the lights. Confession is when I work up the guts When I get over my embarrassment and my fear and I tell someone my junk. And I tell someone the stuff that I don't want to tell somebody. I know that if I have something in my life that I'm scared to tell somebody, I need to tell somebody. (laughs) Confession is turning on the lights. Repentance is closing the door. It's going the other way. It's It's a 180 degree turn. It's changing the way you think, and it's saying, I'm closing the door, and I'm going this way. From there, you set up accountability, and it's realizing, if I'm serious about this repentance, if I really want to be done with this struggle, then I need help to stay free. It's one thing to get free. It's another thing to stay free. From there, I need encouragement. I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to have good days and I'm going to have bad days and I'm going to have medium days. But I need ongoing support so that I don't give up. This life is hard. This life is tiring. I need encouragement. You need encouragement. You need people to speak life just like Richard telling me that I'm yoked when y'all laughed at my face. (laughs) We need encouragement. Amen. That's what God can do through us. And, and we're going to do a freedom weekend, hopefully this spring sometimes, where it will probably be a, a Friday night and then a Saturday that we, we invite you guys, and, and, and it will be a time to unpack your story. It will be a time to close the door to the enemies. It will be a time to confess and repent from sin. It will be a time to get tools to, so that you can learn to live free. And it's one thing to go read a book about freedom and and victory. It's another thing to get free with the body of Christ and to learn how to walk it out together. Amen. Avery, if you want to jump back up here. I'm going to close with this. The third point, transformation happens as we give away what we have. Transformation happens as we give away what we have. And next week, Lena will unpack this a little more. But for today, what I'm talking about is 
whatever God's done in you, it's designed to flow through you. Whether it feels like a lot or a little. We all need a season to, to heal and get restored. If, if, if you've recently become a follower of Jesus or if you've recently re- rededicated your life to Jesus, there is absolutely a place to get healed and restored and go to counseling and go to house church and get mothers and fathers around you who can speak life to you. But also there's some things that can only happen in us when we allow God to move through us. And I find so many people think they'll arrive at a point where they feel ready to then start giving it away to someone else. And that never comes. <laughs> I, don't, I, I still don't feel ready to do what God's called me to do. Yet I understand that he's called me to it. And I actually cannot continue to grow in transformation if I keep it to myself. Y'all, y'all have heard the, 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 the analogy of the Dead Sea in the Middle East. It's this huge body of water, and it has one river flowing into it, but no river flowing out of it. So it's this, it's this, it's this body of water that actually has too much nutrients for life to happen there. So there's no life. There's no creatures that can live in this body of water because there's nothing flowing out. It actually has too much in it. And I want to encourage you this morning that whether this this is your first day at church or you've been walking with Jesus for a while, that there's more in you than you realize and that there is someone in your life that needs what you have. And if in faith you will begin to step out and offer that to them and invite someone to church and invite someone to house church and start meeting with somebody and reading the Bible together and praying together, you you will be shocked at how much you will start to grow. And I can remember being a senior in high school and being at youth group and getting called out like, Blake, it's time to lead a small group. And I'm like, you are wrong. Not me. But as I stepped out and I began to walk with people, some younger, some the same age, and just begin to, in confidence, say, hey, I'm on a journey towards freedom. I'm on a journey of walking with Jesus. Do you want to come with me? And in the fear, in the timidity, learning to walk with people, Can I tell you, when I started trying to hold other people accountable to walk in impurity and sexual wholeness, there was a whole nother bar for me to live by. Because it wasn't just for me anymore, it was for these people too. I'm not just fighting for my own purity, I'm fighting with these guys too. And it was an invitation into more commitment and more integrity and more openness. Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, hey, as freely you as you have received, now freely give. As freely as everything we have right now in the spiritual realm, we got it freely. So who are we to hold on to it and not offer it to others? It's so crazy to me when, when I'm just out and about and, and I just feel like God's led me to pray for somebody or just say, hey, Jesus loves you. I was in the gas station yesterday and just said, Hey, I just felt like God wanted you to know that he's with you and he's not, he's not leaving you. And just the, you know, people light up when they hear that. And, and it was just like, just life kind of, it's like I woke up on the inside of just like the life of God flowing out of me into this person. And it's crazy, just the little things as we begin to step out and give what we have to others, what God will do in us. Amen. Will you stand with me?
as we take some time to respond. Um, I think there's some of us here this morning that actually need to start with having that veil removed. Because there, there, is a, there is no more veil, yet if we haven't surrendered to Jesus, we actually live with the veil up. So we can't actually know this God I've been talking about. So for some of us this morning, it's an invitation to surrender. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you prayed a prayer before years ago. But maybe today it's time to re-surrender and just make Jesus Lord again. And allow him to come and wash you and cleanse you and free you of shame and to make you new. I believe for some of us here, it's an opportunity to open ourselves up to this transformative work. Maybe you've gotten a little bogged down. Maybe you've gotten a little stuck. Hey, that's okay. God hasn't changed. His word hasn't changed. It's still available to you. Amen? We often, I think, get hard hearts because of life and the pain or the disappointment, we, we, we allow it to make our hearts hard towards God or cold towards God. And I'm just thankful that even when, when my heart changes towards God, his heart towards me never changes. And, and if that's you this morning, we want to pray for you. Just believe that God would meet you where you are and soften your heart so that you can, you can learn to love God again and learn to allow him into your life again. There's some people here that you've been struggling with the same thing for so long, you've just accepted it. You've just accepted it. Just, this is just how it's going to be. Maybe one day it will change, but this is, this is, just, this is just my portion. And I just want to tell you this morning, my God is bigger than that. And it's not your portion to stay where you are. Whatever it is, there's no chain too big that my God can't break. God wants to set you free this morning. Can I invite the prayer team up? Look, I know sometimes it feels scary to get out of your seat and walk up here and receive prayer. I get it. You know, 50 people's eyes are on your back of your head. I get it. But like I said, there are moments where if we will allow God to come and meet with us, he can do a great work in us. And these are some of our prayer leaders that want to pray with you. Jesus made it clear that when two or three start to pray together, that he can do something that doesn't happen on our own. So I want to invite you to come get prayer, whether it's big or small. Allow us to pray with you today. But respond however you need to respond. Stay there and pray in your seat. Sing this song with our band, but let's give God space to come and show us again all that he wants to do in us so that he can move through us. We welcome you here, Holy Spirit. We welcome you here, Holy Spirit.